Greetings, you are now listening to the McCuffey Croncast. Stand by for your hosts, Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzzoni. They will be discussing your favorite baseball squadron, the San Francisco Giants. Take it away, Brian and Doug. Well, that week sucked. (laughs) That's it. That's the podcast. Thanks for listening. (laughs) I don't really know what we can add to that (laughs) other than it was pretty it was as terrible as it could be the only way it could have been worse is if the Giants hadn't won any games yeah I mean in a way it kind of made it feel worse that they won one just because you know Matt Cain when he's like oh maybe Matt Cain's back you know he solidifies the back half of the rotation you have Bumgarner in front and man maybe this rotation could be good and then uh all of that just just all of it yeah it doesn't. Nothing means anything. <laughs> nothing means anything. Because Matt Matt Cain being good helps them exactly zero if they can't hit. Anyway, uh, the Giants are coming off of a one and four week. They had two off days in there, and so you think, okay, that's that's not the end of the world. Except on one of their off days, it was the end of the world, uh, as Madison Pumgarner was uh, decided to hop on a dirt bike. I thought it was an ATV at first, but it was like a straight-up dirt bike. And uh, and he wound up crashing it and uh, damaging his pitching shoulder and bruising his ribs and avoiding death and and all those other things. Yeah, apparently almost dying. Almost dying. And I don't know. If you were thinking, oh, Buster Post or Madison Bumgarner, he's a pitcher. It's just a matter of time before something happens with his arm or his shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) You would simultaneously not consider that this would be the way it would happen, and then upon hearing it and knowing which player it happened to, would also say, oh, that makes total sense. Out of all the ways that Madison Bumgarner could have been hurt. Like, one of the only other ways I could picture him being hurt in in a non-pitching situation is like, oh, he fought a tank. Like, (laughs) like he was on horseback and he, like, tried to joust a tank. Uh, or like he, he met the rock and they didn't like each other and yes. so they just got into a fight. Well they're making those Fast and the Furious spin-off movies starring the rock. And so what if one of them he just straight up has to face off against Madison Bumgarner? It's Yeah. They're they're not that absurd at this point. <laughs> well, before this week I'd have said it would be implausible for Bumgarner to lose. But now That's right. I, I don't know. It'd be funny if his dad came out and said, I told Madison bikes were his natural enemy. (laughs) He's always struggled with two wheels. (laughs) Look, things are great with the tricycle, but then he pushed it. He always pushes it. (laughs) So the Giants are 6-13. They're seven games back of the Rockies. They're off to their worst start since I was two years old. Um, (laughs) They're dangerously close to being historically eliminated from playoff contention in April, which if you want to remain the hopeful kind of like drunk, dumb fan who's just like, you got to support your team no matter what. Basically they can get to eight and 17 and be the 2001 A's and still historically some sort of context of having a shot at it. But essentially the odds are incredibly long and they've lost their best pitcher and their offense is a shambles. Even the good players are not good. So it doesn't look great. And if you just go back the week, I just wanted to do this real quick, Doug, because I was 
trying to find uh, the next part of our topic, you wrote an article not five days, not six days ago <laughs> about is this who the Giants are? And so I was looking for it on McCoveyChronicles.com, which you should all be going to every day. Excellent content every day. But uh, just going back at the Giants headlines, I won't read them all. But these are the headlines that are on the front page of the site if you scroll all the way to the bottom. Giants shut out, lose by eight, swept out of cores. Giants lose by a lot. Madison Bumgarner could be out, quote, longer than two, longer than two months. Giants lose, have very bad day. Madison Bumgarner is injured and everything is awful. Uh, the real answer to left field, and it's a picture of Mac Williamson, who's still hurt. <laughs> Christian Arroyo isn't a quick fix for left field. He might be a quick fix for the offense, though, but just the idea that this, we have to put this news in that this guy who's having a, a, a terrific tear to start off AAA might not be the answer to fixing a moribund team right now. Um, Giants get shut out, split series. Uh, pick your personal minor league hope of the 2017 Giants. <laughs> um, Bruce Bochy hospitalized, will miss Kansas City series. Uh, Buster Posey activated from concussion d- DL. Is this who the Giants are? And that was your article. That's and not, yeah. And I haven't even reached the bottom of the page because the last two are, are doozies. Angel Pagan probably isn't coming back. And the logic of the Clayton Blackburn trade. <laughs> there is like no good news on this unless you can't coming back from a concussion. To me, there is good news, and you totally skipped over it, that Ron Wotus listened to Blue Oyster Cult in high school. <laughs> Which was refuted. It was. <laughs> uh, one of the – Alex Pavlovic or, or Baggerly said it wasn't Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, okay. Then, yeah, no no good news. So then it was refuted, and then the Giants team bus backed into a car when they were in Colorado. And I heard after the game yesterday on the radio that the flight out of Colorado was delayed. So, uh, so just nothing, nothing great happened for the Giants this week. And, you know, Madison Bumgarner survived a brush with death and Bruce Bochy as well. And you could say that these these were equally, you know, Madison Bumgarner was in the freak accident situation. And then bus, and then um, I keep wanting to say Buster Posey. I've got him on the brain here. And Bruce Bochy had a part of his heart burned off so that he could <laughs> keep living. So... Uh, there's more important things than baseball, for sure. So I guess we should take that as it doesn't matter that the Giants are the worst team in baseball. Still, because remember, I said they ended last season as the worst team in baseball. There's no reason for that to have changed, and here we are. As Grant pointed out in his recap yesterday, the Giants have the worst record in baseball since the All-Star break of last year. And they're like 36-55. and 55. And, you know... I guess at some point you have to kind of take a look and go, maybe some bigger changes need to happen. <laughs> but I guess that gets to the bigger question. Is this who the Giants are now, Doug? It are they really this like bad? It. Yeah. I mean, this is who they've been since the All-Star break of last year. At some point, they have to prove this isn't who they are. It's been half a year of this. Like a literal half season of them playing just like absolute garbage trash baseball. And they have to stop or we're going to consider them to be a garbage trash team because that's what they're going to be. Which I think is not necessarily a bad thing. It's a bad thing because you 
some people have to watch the game still. Like we get paid to watch the game. So you have to do that. So that's bad for us. And it's bad for fans who want a diversion after a long day at work or whatever because you can't turn on a Giants game because that way lies madness. But (laughs) some of the best sports writing, some of Grant's best writing uh, has come out of the Giants being bad, just being terrible. And if you are people like us, that is freelance writers writing about baseball, or you are young enough where your team is no longer good. If you look at the model of say, oh, I don't know, all the good fight writers, they're getting all the open baseball writing jobs (laughs) that are (laughs) the full-time baseball writing jobs because their team is sort of, has been perversely bad and, and rebuilding since essentially 2012 or thereabouts. And even their decline from the top, from the peak of the mountain in 2008, 2009, 2010, you know, they have, there's been a lot of good stuff that's come out of there. So essentially there's an opportunity here for a lot of Giants fans and Giants uh, backgrounded writers for us over the next three or four years when the Giants are unwatchable to get really good and get good jobs. So there's a lot of possibilities here. (laughs) So what we're saying is that this is going to be great for us. That's right. Because Which, we are already, we've already started, so we can just kind of roll into better things. The rest right. of you who are listening to this are screwed unless you also start writing about the Giants. Or taking... you should start a couple of years ago so you're not honing on our territory. <laughs> That's right. But take the, take the angst and, and, and use it for some good. Certainly, we can't say, we can't go against, the Giants have been friends of the site, of course, and to us on this podcast. So we can't say, don't throw them your money. But <laughs> I, I did kind of say that last year yes, at one point. Yes. <laughs> However, <laughs> you definitely can take a survey of your life and go, there are more important things. This is not my team is bad and now I don't want to support them and I'm running away, which someone accused me of in an article I wrote the other day. But I specifically said that the Giants were bad like as, as I was getting out of college in those few years after college. It's a perfect time to like establish certain parts of my life and to pursue th- certain things. And if I was as devoted to the Giants then as I was in college and even now, I would not have been able to make inroads career-wise or friendship-wise or romantically or personal growth because I would have been just as obsessed as I was then. So I would say if you're in your 20s, this is a good time to think about is watching a baseball game every single day the best use of your time. If you're in your 30s, your life is over and it is the best no, time. If you're already doing this in your 30s, then yes, don't don't change it. <laughs> don't change it now. Maybe it'll do something for you, I guess. It's, yeah. it's not impossible. And adding kids, you think, well, maybe I'll have kids then. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to them? Well, to distract a... you from the baseball game. <laughs> in this economy, though, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I watch baseball to distract me from life, and yeah. I have kids distract me from baseball. <laughs> That's good, because eventually, after going to a lot of uh, financial and emotional debt with one of these things, surely one of these things will pay off positively. Down the line. <laughs> Something will love me back. Uh, but, I mean, if you just look at it, the Giants have... There, there's four better teams in their division. I mean, every other team in the division is better than them. Which is I'm, the, I'm not convinced that the Padres will end up being better than them. 
right now, everyone in baseball is playing better than them, and most AAA teams are too. But I think that the Giants should be able to pull ahead of the Padres. I'm, I wish I could do the Wallace-Sean impression right here, because this would be a perfect time to drop a, you'd like to think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> But I I don't know. I mean, forget the oddier stuff, even though it's funny that it kind of rolls us back into this. When the Giants have been really bad the last seven years, they've been really bad. <laughs> like, like, just they can't get anybody out. They can't. I mean, they just got shut out. And they got, they've been shut out in Coors Field twice in, in seven months. That's crazy. That's a tired team in the dog days with 40-man rosters. And you're just starting off the season with everyone fresh and presumably in the primes of their careers. Now, they are starting Chris Marrero. And Gorky's Hernandez. And Gorky's Hernandez, which is great. Great segue into, is Gorky's Hernandez a Major League Baseball player? In the sense... That he is playing baseball for a team that is technically in the major leagues. You can't <laughs> deny him that right now at the second that we're recording this. This is a tautology then. He is a major league baseball player because he is a major league baseball player. <laughs> By definition, <laughs> he is. Uh, in most other ways, he would seem to be lacking. So he made the final out in yesterday's game, and he put what looked like a shagging infield, (laughs) grounders on the infield swing on the pitch, which was, of course, the first pitch (laughs) with runners at first and third and two outs. I mean, the game was over or with two outs. The rally was the game was over. The Giants were not winning this game at all. But just the fact that he looks he swings so over aggressively in all of his at bats and that he puts kind of a weak swing on the first pitch. It's just, it drives you crazy. And then Eduardo Nunez, I'm bringing him up because they are the, Eduardo Nunez is the worst offender of swinging at the first pitch. I think in the past week, so the Giants have played five games in the past week and Eduardo Nunez has played in all of them. I'm not kidding, Doug, in 15 or 16 plate appearances, he's seen 12 pitches. (laughs) That many? He's... (laughs) Well, why, maybe there's a wild pitch on one of them. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so Gorky Hernandez does, has actually no value. His his on-base percentage dipped below 200 <laughs> after the last out yesterday. And every it seems like every time, like the last four games, three games, every time I was either watching the game day or listening on the radio or watching on TV, because all three times... This happened. One, one uh, in each of these mediums. This happened. A ball was hit to him, and he booted it. <laughs> like that is what happened. And I, I don't know what to say other than, life is too short, Giants. <laughs> if you get out of the gates this badly with the player who was on the fringe anyway, why? What are you holding on to? And I guess. We should probably consider that. I'm sure if the Giants had a healthy Melvin Upton or a healthy Michael Morse or a healthy Mac Williamson, all of this would be different. 
(laughs) (laughs) Right? Like if any of them had been healthy a week ago, let's say, there we would not be. There would have been a lot of changes on this road trip. Yeah, I mean that's fairly likely. Yes, but like Morse just came back. And he's just about played, like, four games, I think. Well, this is what we're getting into now. But essentially, does Gorky Hernandez belong in the major leagues? Does he does he belong in the major leagues as a baseball player generally? And do you think he, there's any reason for the Giants to keep him the moment one of these other outfielders get healthy? No, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he was gone tomorrow in favor of Drew Stubbs, who is in Sacramento right now. Uh, has had a couple good games in a row. Yesterday he was not as good. He did he did homers in two straight games. Yesterday he only went one for five, but he's not Gorky's Hernandez. That that could be enough at this point. That could honestly be enough. And it's it's pretty staggering to be worse than Chris Marrero. <laughs> but it he is. Gorky's Hernandez might keep Chris Marrero on this roster for another like four days. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> Chris Murrow has done nothing in the past 10 days to warrant any playing time whatsoever. And yet, just by desperation, he's he's flipping starting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and the two of them are very similar in that I don't think they know what they're doing when they step into the batter's box. No. No, it's they don't they don't belong there on a major league field. No. So Drew Stubbs would ideally actually be Chris Marrero uh, without the necessarily the home run. I mean, the Giants are like, oh, he's a platoon guy. He'll hit 30 home runs if we play him right. Like, that's the delusional thing they have. Drew Stubbs is not a 30 home run guy, but his splits against left-handed hitters, left-handed pitchers uh, for his major league career. And he has played, he has over 3,000 plate appearances He's got a 348 on base percentage against left-handed pitchers and almost an 800 OPS. I'll take that. Yeah. That's exactly no, what they want. If Chris Marrero, if yeah, if Chris Marrero were that, that I mean the, that's found money for the Giants. And as it stands, sorry for that airplane there. <laughs> Pause, we've got some air. Uh, you know, so yeah, that could be lucky. So you you by virtue of where you live, you have a lot of access to the River Cats. So we're going to take the segment to do a little Doug's AAA scouting report. And um, it's, it's happier times in Sacramento, right, Doug? N- not really. They've just yesterday, they snapped, I think, a nine-game losing streak. So they're doing the Giants franchise proud. So they uh, won a game, though, in so, the past. So they won a game. <laughs> they did. Um, yeah, so obviously the big standout, who I'm sure if you're listening to us, you've already heard about, is Christian Arroyo. He's a Giants top hitting prospect. He is currently hitting 446 after going four for six last night, uh, or yesterday afternoon, excuse me. Uh, he is he's doing very well, I'm sure. If you're wondering about Jae-Yoon Wong, he's doing reasonably well. He's hitting 295. He has hit, I think, a couple homers, and he's looked good on the infield defensively. He, I've seen him play a game in left field where he was not spectacular. Um, he, he, he was actually, let me correct the, the home runs. He hasn't hit any homers. He is, uh, he came in, he came into yesterday's game with a 708 OPS. 
So that's so not great. It's not great. He still has things to learn. It's, you know, breaking stuff is some of the breaking stuff he's still having trouble with. Uh, Mac Williamson and Michael Morse have both started their, their rehab, their AAA part of their rehab, so they're getting close. Uh, Morse has uh, played two games in a row, so and Williamson hasn't, so I would guess Morse is a little closer. Uh, Williamson's timing is pretty clearly still off right now, so I would give it a few more days for him before he comes back. Uh, the pitching is not good. The starting pitching. So if you're hoping for for something from them, nope. <laughs> well, Chris, well, Chris Stratton came up over the weekend, and he had a stellar relief appearance, not being afraid to challenge hitters, and uh, making some mistakes that he got away with, which is what a good pitcher will, that will have happen. But basically, pitching in Coors Field somewhat fearlessly and, and looking great. Yeah, I mean he's. It seems like he's a better reliever than he is a starter, which it's great that, you know, if that's if that ends up working out, it's great that he can find a place on a major league roster, but that means he's not going to solve any of the Giants' starting problems. Uh, Tyler Beatty has been good. Tyler Beatty will probably be in San Francisco at some point this year. Uh, they they also have had, now that Clayton Blackburn's been traded, their their other starters include... Ricky Romero, who is a shell of himself and should not ever be on a major league field again. Uh, Juan Gregorio, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it, who he has very good stuff, but he throws too many pitches. So his future would seem to be in the bullpen. Uh, he, you know, he just takes too many pitches to get guys out. And they have... Uh, Dan Slania, who has not looked great at AAA this year, and they have, and their other starter is a reliever who is starting right now because that's how the minor leagues work sometimes. <laughs> so don't. So the only one of them who could come up and help as a starter is Beatty. Uh, would be my take on it. Chris Stratton, by the way, has been awful as a starter uh, for most of his minor league career, and he was he was okay last year. He had been bad in his first couple starts this year. So uh, if you're wondering about who's going to take the place of uh, Jeff Samarger or Matt Moore when the Giants do something, who knows what they're going to do? I don't know that there there are answers for both of them. One of them has to start pitching better is the answer. Yeah. So Block is obviously going to go into the rotation to replace uh, Madison Bumgarner, who is out indefinitely. And, I mean, we didn't even really get into this because I'm not feeling like getting into the into the full Brian Murphy right now of, <laughs> well, his career's over. But it's not an impossibility. Let's at least do it there. So what would happen going forward? But tie block, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he stretches it out, how that's going to work. But uh, I'm going to guess he's probably not going to they're not going to push him over five innings unless his pitch counts ridiculous, and he's he's looking crisp in the fifth. But something tells me we might be getting into something like that, especially if Stratton hasn't been used by the time his turn comes up, which is Tuesday. Um, which <laughs> why am I saying these things, Doug? <laughs> uh, tonight is uh, is Matt Kane. 
<laughs> pitching, so there could very easily be some <laughs> long work by Chris Stratton. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, but I guess the rest of the month, which is not that long, obviously, there's not much time left. But this week will be very telling because the Giants don't have any off days. Four against the Dodgers, three against the Padres. Uh, how they do this week on this homestand, I mean, I think they've got to go five and two for everybody to feel good. Because four and three puts them at, at 10 and 16. And, and that's still like a, what's the point? And 11 and 15 doesn't sound much better, but 16 losses does sound pretty rough. Uh, 15 sounds rough too, but we know the Giants aren't going to sweep. That's not going to happen. Um, so it's just going to be, it's going to be a big week in, in the sense of how does the rest of the season shake out? I really think, I really do believe that. But just to talk about, go off of what you were just saying with the AAA stuff, we are obviously not recording this on the day that it's released uh, or even at the time that it's coming out, but I would say is it that surprising to think that with the fact that the Dodgers are going to be throwing out four potentially all four of their starters this series are going to be left-handed that Arroyo could come up? Uh, yes, judging you by think it's the reports, impossible. Judging by the okay. reports from all the beat writers, uh, Hank Showman said he mentioned it to Bochi, and he said Bochi gave him an indescribable look, which <laughs> I'm assuming was like Hank, you know this. Come on. Um, I would expect to see Kelby Tomlinson come up probably uh, for Crawford on his uh, on his I forget the word for it uh, bereavement leave. Ah, here let me let me redo that sentence. I would expect to see Kelby Tomlinson uh, come up for Brandon Crawford on his bereavement leave, uh, which is going to last three days. I just don't I don't see them making a forty man move for a three game stretch. And I'm not very confident in Arroyo's ability to handle shortstop at the major league level. So then you're, you know, sliding guys around. And it, he would, if he continues hitting like he has in AAA, he would certainly obviously be an upgrade for the team and one that's much needed. But he doesn't solve the problem in the outfield. And the infield is full of players that at least should be better. And you, it's reasonable to expect will be good this year. The outfield... You know, you have Pence. <laughs> Pence might be Pence might be hurt again. Span is hurt, right? I mean, but uh, in terms of players who it's reasonable to expect could be a, an above average player this year, you have Pence in the outfield. Yeah. So Christian yeah. Arroyo can't solve that problem. He's not an outfielder. Eduardo Nunez is not an outfielder. Brandon Belt is not an outfielder. They are physically capable of playing the outfield, but then you're getting into that Gorgis Hernandez tautology again. Well, and then I, I guess why I said the way this week is important, and you know, just for me, obviously, the the franchise is never going to wave the right white flag. The Giants, even if the Giants don't win another game until the All Star break, they're not going to trade the team. Like seriously, if they have six wins in July, they will not be trading like to make it look like a fire sale at all. That's just not the way they operate, um, which you can complain about, and I certainly am going to sit here and go, well, if you only have six wins in July. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would say if you only have six wins in July, no one's going to want what you have because it's all toxic. Um, but I guess you do have to kind of go with, but I mean, by now, if you're an old man like me, you've heard the Giants say this so many times. There's so many iterations of their sloppy, oddly constructed 
40 man roster, you have to give or 25, you have to give these guys a chance to turn things around. Yeah. Right? That's what the, the party line is going to be. The problem is that Chris Marrow is never going to turn it around. Denard Spann's probably never going to turn it around. And I think Hunter Pence's best days are definitely behind him. And even if Belt and Crawford do turn it around, by how much? I mean, what more does Brandon Belt really need to be doing? He needs to be hitting 400. He needs to be hitting 300. I mean, the guy's got the best OPS. He's leading the team in home runs. Uh, you can move him up and down the lineup, and he he'll do what you need him to do. Brandon Crawford is has had the RBI lead on the team the last few years. That's that's a bad thing. <laughs> that's not where you want to be, you know. And Buster Posey, which we're about to slide into the death watch here, Buster Posey is not. I've said this many times. He's not the linchpin of a lineup. He's he's their best hitter by default. But that but I, I even now question that because it's probably still belt. It's probably belt now. But in any case, you know, who are you expecting to turn things around? There aren't that many uh, options for, to say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's – I understand that's what the Giants are going to do. But if the Giants are 4-3 and three or 3-4 three and four after this homestand, uh, n- nothing's happening. I mean, they're not – even if they turn it around, just to th- think about how much time it's going to take them just to get back to 500 – and then you have, they're basically going to be digging themselves out of a hole all season. And second wild card, second wild card, second wild card, all you want. The fact of the matter is there's 15 better, there's 12 better teams than them while they're doing this. And so you're hoping for multiple teams to start collapsing. And I think that's foolhardy for the Giants fans every year to keep expecting that that's going to happen. <laughs> so, it, it happened in 2010, it happened in 2012, and that's great. Uh, excuse me, it happened in 2010 and it happened in 2014. Excuse me. Um, you're not going to get that lucky every year. And expecting that is very strange. If you're a fan. I mean, the, the team is obviously... And hey, I feel like I feel bad. I feel like I jinxed them a little bit here. <laughs> I thought they were going to be good this year. Yeah, you did, you did say they were going to be good. That's... <sighs> but I mean, they're bad in the way that... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when will I ever learn? <laughs> You have a bit, and then you get away from it, and look what happens. <laughs> I was growing up. I was getting tired of it. It was annoying. <laughs> okay, we're going to do a game now, which we haven't done one in a long time. Maybe this will get the Giants going again, Doug. That's true. They, maybe, they, did, they were doing maybe. a lot better last year when we were doing games. That's right. Uh, we're going to play a couple of them, but they'll be quick. The first one's a true and false game, and uh, basically... Uh, Doug and I are going to each ask each other a true or false question, and we're going to answer true or false and give a little bit of an explanation so that it's not just the one word answer when we move on. But uh, I'll go first. And uh, Doug, true or false, the Giants will be at or above 500 by the All-Star break. Uh, be above, I got to no, pin it down. Giants will be above 500 by the All-Star break. Oh, false. False. <laughs> Um, I don't. I think that this this hole is too big, and I think that there are too many holes in the roster right now. I think it's it's actually going to be very tough for them to dig their way out of this. And if they are good enough to do it, then it'll it'll take a long time. Um, which is kind of interesting because the first true false question I had for you was <laughs> true or false? The Giants will be will finish the year at least at five hundred. 
<laughs> well, well, just to go back a little bit, the at the All-Star break, I remember in 2000, I think it was, where the Giants were underachieving. It might have been 2002. I feel like it was 2000. But uh, I guess I could look it up, but I'm not going to. One of the years with Bonds. They uh, were underperforming for most of the season. And then the whole point was, the whole rally cry was, if, if the Giants can get to 500, at the, like they weren't this bad. They were, you know, you know what I mean? They were trading games here and there. Yeah. If they can just get to 500 by the All-Star break, then anything can happen and they can go on a run. So that was the big, the big thing. And then they did manage to do that by the All-Star break. It was, in, or it was against St. Louis. I can't remember if it was in or, or just home to St. Louis. And I can't remember what year that was, if it was 2000 or 2002, but both the years they made the playoffs. So, I mean, um, that, that I think is why I said by the All-Star break, because it seems like Kruko has been around, you know, that was his rallying cry 17 years ago. That seems like that would be the same thing again. Is, is they, if they can get through this week somehow and look good doing that, I think we'll start hearing next month down the line, like, if the Giants can just be at 500 by the All-Star break, you know what I mean? Like, that'll be... That'll be where they... Where they'll organizationally dupe themselves into thinking they can make another run. Uh, for good or ill. I think it's good to dupe yourself sometimes, because sometimes I can actually bring out better performances. There we go. Do I think the Giants will be above 500 by season's end? I kind of want to go for the... I kind of want to answer that after this week, but... I, I guess I'm. I don't know why I'm being optimistic. No, <laughs> I mean this is probably 78 wins here okay. that we're looking at. Uh, I mean, in order for the Giants to win 82 games, they'll have to win 76 more, and I don't see them doing that. You, do you I, think I they'll imagine, win five more games this year? I feel like I made my prediction a year too early <laughs> last year. Oh, right. Uh, 57 games. 57 games. <laughs> Maybe this is the year. But uh, they are in pace to lose 100 games. And I think that it'd be surprising if they got that close to it. But in the 70s feels very ap- apropos. Uh, you know, I would say 75, 77. And it's interesting. I've been working on that series for 10 years ago. And the parallels are are not quite staggering, but it's just interesting that the Giants feel like organ like the franchise feels like it has hit that malaise again of just like it's just a bunch of guys doing their darndest to win sometimes, and I don't know what it is. So that's that's my. Uh, so I having looked it up, it looks like the 2000 season was the one you were looking at. 2000 because okay. they were they were exactly at 500 at the end of June. And then they rattled off like a eight game winning streak or something um, to get them heading. You know, they won. Yeah, they won eight, eight in a row and then lost one. And that's how they went in the all star break. There we go. So that's what it was. Yeah. So, I, I mean, all those anything that's in the Giants, you know, from 1993 to, to 2000 and. 2009 or 2007 sorry like any of that is like they have Barry Bonds so <laughs> it's it's different you can't really compare there but uh, uh, okay so then my my last question is um, is 
Oh, I had two of them, but I only want to do two. I only want to do two each. So then maybe you'll just piggyback on this. Uh, will Buster Posey be an All Star this year? I think so. Yes, I th- true. Buster Posey will be an All Star because that's the game, Brian. <laughs> that's um, right. True or false? Buster Posey will be an All Star. Yeah, year. I'm going to say true. I think he's still having a good enough individual year, and he's you know his reputation in the game isn't going anywhere. His reputation among fans isn't going anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, I think that he will be an all-star. Okay. Do you not? Controversial. Do you not I agree don't with think that? so. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I mean, obviously you started the Buster Posey Death Watch, so. Yeah, I mean, which we didn't, we haven't added to, but let's, uh, let's do it right now in this moment. Uh, the Buster Posey Death Watch. <laughs> Buster Posey Death Watch. Watch. He's on this team. <laughs> yeah, he's on the team. And he looked terrible against Jason Vargas, like like he like he had just come back from disabled but after suffering a concussion. But uh, he didn't have that great of a week, and I I'd say it would be interesting to have seen what what would have happened if he hadn't missed that week. Which maybe maybe he's going to have a good season or not. But I would just say watch the signs. He went in the course field. He didn't exactly light things up. Yeah, that is true. But then nobody on the Giants did. That's also true, <laughs> except for Joe Panic, who's in the bottom third of the lineup. Joe Panic, still. still not the leadoff hitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. What's my What's the last question here? Uh, the last question, which I had thought of, and then certainly have not <laughs> forgotten by now. Uh, what is it? Uh, man, it's just totally gone. Uh, okay. Let me think. I'm sure it was great. Oh my god, it was so good. <laughs> we were gonna get such a fascinating, nuanced discussion out of it. I'm sure. The my favorite thing about the Coors series was how, if you were listening to all of our podcasts, folks, you would have heard that the Rockies preview basically spelled out exactly how the Giants are going to be eviscerated by the Rockies this year. The Giants have lost six of seven already to the Rockies. It's pretty amazing that the Giants have already played the Rockies seven times. And I think even in the game they won, they they looked okay, but basically they haven't looked competitive against the Rockies. (laughs) Okay, true or false? Matt Cain will still be in the rotation at the end of May. True. Okay. I think he's going to get lit up by the Dodgers and then he'll have a good start. I think it's going to be a mix and match. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I would I'm say very interested in the. Oh, go ahead. My, my true would just be by default because the Giants yeah. just don't have that much else that they can throw. Yeah, and I think, I think they're also going to be very nervous about dismantling the team, uh, these cornerstones. In, because they're, if they start it with Kane now, they're going to have to start doing it a lot. And it took them forever to do anything with Aaron Rowan and Miguel Tejada. And those guys were bad within an envelope of other bad performances, but there were good stuff sort of within that. And and it was sort of like if we subtract these guys, maybe we'll be better. And I don't think – I actually don't think subtracting Matt Kane right now makes the Giants better. No, that's the scary thing. That it, yeah, it, that's yeah. exactly right. And I don't think that's going to be the case for a while. But, I mean, it is interesting that over the weekend, Bochi laid into the pitchers to pitch better. 
It is. That's what needs to happen. They do need to pitch better. But this isn't like 2010 when Brian Sabian yelled at all the... <laughs> I still hope it was Brian Sabian gathering all the pitchers going, Have you seen our lineup? These guys can't hit. They don't know what they're doing. You know how to pitch. <laughs> Seriously, look at our lineup. I had to get us Aubrey Huff because no one will hit here. <laughs> we don't have anything. You have to pitch better, but now you can't go out there and be like, just because Brandon Crawford's the best shortstop for Team USA doesn't mean you can take a night off. You have to pitch better. Like, you know, Jeff Samarja, stop giving up home runs. Like, it doesn't work that way. Well, I mean, they should try it, though, because maybe just nobody's told Jeff Samarja that he should give up home runs. That's a great question. Okay, I just had a thought. Uh, this will show how devoted people are to us <laughs> <as a> podcast. <laughs> Start adding the tweeting at the Giants beat writers to ask them if Bochi and Rigetti have, if anyone's thought to just tell Jeff Samarja to stop giving up home runs. <laughs> just like offhand mention it. You know, just, just offhand mention what it. what you're supposed to do, right? I was, I was, I just had a thought. Have the, has the staff told Samarja to stop giving up home runs? Is it that easy? <laughs> or maybe it's that easy. <laughs> Brilliant, Doug. Yeah. Great. I think it could work. Yes. Uh, wait, did you come up with the question? Did you, oh, you answered it. Yes. Okay. No, wait. Okay, we did it. All right. So let's play our second game. Uh, and this one, I cannot find the original tweet, but someone was tweeting out uh, just a general Twitter, baseball Twitter question. Three baseball players from history, living or dead, who would you have over for lunch and what would it be? It might have been dinner, but I'm going to say it's lunch, okay. uh, like, a, like an afternoon lunch. What would you have? Who would you have and what would, what would the meal be? Um, I think the meal would be some, some like nice sandwiches, some like pesto kind of Mediterranean sandwiches, you know, something, you know, light, but good, good like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I would have... Uh, Bob Gibson, uh, I would have, let's see, I would have Frank Thomas, and I would have Cap Anson. And then hopefully Bob Gibson and Frank Thomas would just beat the shit out of Cap Anson for being a racist. <laughs> so you would invite that into your home? <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> Cap Anson's okay. dead, it's not a crime, Brian. I like that you picked Frank Thomas. <laughs> Well, I need, I need like Frank. a hothead, right, which is kind of Bob Gibson. And then I need someone who's really yeah. big, which is Frank Thomas. And it's absolutely terrifying when he takes a swing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's great. You know, I, I floated this question to you like three hours ago, and I still have filled out my roster. <laughs> Willie Mays. I'd probably just go the classic. I'd probably go Willie Mays, Jackie Robinson, and then... That's where the third part comes in. I'm like, I don't know. The third one could just be all over the place. I don't know. Um, but I, I kind of want to lean towards just someone I like. You know what I mean? Like, well, whatever. I like them. But then that's hard to do. But I want to think about lunch. So I'm two-thirds of the way in the lunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the sandwiches is a really good one. Some sort of Mediterranean spread. Also really great. Oh, yeah. But I would have to say, if you're having baseball players over for lunch, like, essentially it has to be, like the finest meats and for a hamburger and a barbecue of some kind 
That's what it would have to be. But not outdoors, because I don't, I think barbecues outdoors with the plates, the plastic cups, and everyone sitting around, there's no tables. Not great. So something where it's like one of those uh, area, like those uh, attached rooms that are on the outside of a house. So not my house. <laughs> but it is slightly outdoors. And you're just sitting around, and you're drinking beers, and you're having really great Angus beef, grass-fed, whatever it is, hamburgers, fine meat, um, and you're just talking shop. And Willie Mays and Jackie Robinson, because I would like the two of them to look at each other, and I, you know, Jackie Robinson would be like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't worked out the temporal mechanics of it all, so I don't know how that would work. The third, the third player I'd probably pick, hmm. I think, I think, and that, see this, I was going to say Pablo Sandoval was this close to, <laughs> but I don't want any, I don't want any bimbos at my meal. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I could picture a fun one where it's like Andres Torres and Pablo Sandoval and like, I don't know, Bill Miller. Cause I love Bill Miller. <laughs> <laughs> like I could do that one, but I want to, I want to hang out with Willie Mays. And this is like the Willie Mays you can see. Like, so a little bit back in time. <laughs> so it's a little bit different because Jackie Robinson's there. Um, and then, I don't know, I would probably pick... Oh, man. I'm just going to put Bill Miller in there. <laughs> Even though he works for the Dodgers now. I just like him. I think he's a cool guy. So that's my lame answer. But uh, I do encourage anyone listening to put your answers below. Uh, would you follow Doug's model of getting a bunch of baseball players to beat up on racist baseball players and managers of history that is a really strong one that's like if quentin tarantino answered the question i, I would watch that movie Are you kidding i mean he, he could even do it just, contemporary he could do it like josh gibson versus old man capianson i don't know when capianson right. died but let's just assume like lives. jack like jackie robinson and Wee reese just being um being the pulp fiction guys right. just going around <laughs> Uh, that's great. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, Twitter questions. Do we have any Twitter questions this week? We do have Twitter questions. And wow, guys, thank you for still asking us Twitter questions. <laughs> that's, we really appreciate it. They stepped up. They answered the call. They did. Uh, first question is from Rob Hainer at Robert Hainer. If you were a commissioner, what would be one mandatory rule? Mine would be at least one day game every day. That's a very strong rule, by the way. That's a strong rule. That is one. I just want to point out uh, that that is one that Cespedes Family Barbecue tweets out consistently. Yeah. And I don't know if they're the originators of that, but if you're just if you're just yes anding that, then that's fine. But I just want to be clear. That's a, right. yes. That is a great. That's a great rule. That uh, that and the that and opening day should be some sort of national holiday. Yeah. Maybe not like a bank holiday, national holiday. Well, I, I don't like, know if the commissioner of baseball has the power to do that, though. Well, it depends on who they throw. It, as we've seen, all you have to do is donate enough money. Actually, to, to be fair, it just have. says commissioner. It doesn't say commissioner of what? The question. That's right. So you could That's be the right. Who knows holidays. how the world's going to be in five years? If you're the commissioner of holidays, <laughs> then you could probably set that up. Uh, I mean, I, I like that one. That's really good. I, I'm trying to think like what the commissioner could do. Additionally, I mean, I think the blackout restrictions, as much as we're all like, they should just do something about that. It is a complicated issue. Like, an, I'll say this, an obnoxiously complicated issue. Like, it doesn't have to be as complicated. 
But with everyone's hand, I would say that I would not be selling off MLB Advanced Media. I think that's a huge mistake. But uh, the thing with baseball that's funny is that they are always trying to find extra ways of making money. And then they develop something that revolutionizes the entire <laughs> internet. And they're, and then that's it. And then they, they stagnate and stop innovating. And it's, look what happens when each team, all each team did was put in a million dollars and they got MLB advanced media and they will forever be making, uh, you know, 5,000, 10,000% return on investment on that forever. Yeah. And so more stuff like that <laughs> is sort of where I'm thinking, do more like that. Um, I would say that baseball, I was thinking about this, Doug. I think baseball, I'm finally understanding why I think generationally, 40, 50 years from now, are people going to be baseball fans? First of all, let's just ignore the fact that there may not be uh, Western civilization in 40, <laughs> 50 years. I acknowledge that. For whatever reason, nuclear war or climate change or whatever it is. Um, 40 or 50 years from now, just the demographic shifts that are going on, are people going to even be as interested in baseball? And yes, you're going to point to the video of the kid crying because he got Cubs tickets, and you're going to point to these other examples. And I'm not saying anything about right now. Baseball is extremely healthy, but it feels like at the same time it could be heading for some sort of balloon situation where people just start dying off, and then they're not, and then there's nothing being passed down. Um, I don't know. That's my thought. Um, yeah, sort of going off that, I think what I would do if I were commissioner that seems reasonably commissionery as to do would be to, to, you know, do a marketing push with current young stars in baseball. Like don't, don't sell the nostalgia. Like old people will like baseball for a long time. You don't have to keep selling it to them. Try to sell it to young people and grow it long-term. If you take a small hit now, you know, by not being like, Ooh, Yogi Berra and being instead being like, Oh, Bryce Harper or Manny Machado then I think you can live with that. And then you try to do that to ensure that baseball sort of remains viable longer in the future than it looks like it is right now, just by demographic. Also, yeah, and I would say that another thing that's a little bit different from the other sports is that baseball is far more regional than the other sports. You know, you can have Warriors fans across the country. You can have Giants fans across the country too, but not in the same volume and not to the same degree. Um, and I think that to some degree we are starting to see this year that they are starting to acknowledge that and the regional advertising is getting a little bit better. And so I would say you're totally right. The current stars, they should definitely be hyping. But I would also say if there's other ways of just the game itself, um, baseball is an incredibly hard sport to play. And I think that somehow promoting that in a, in a way that's interesting might be an and also an interesting way of getting into it of like it's it's cool it's cool that it's hard kids <laughs> your friends aren't but good enough to do this maybe you are <laughs> and then you like ride a skateboard with a backwards hat on right <laughs> but i think something about how it is incredible to do what they do and why you know that something about that i feel like there might be something there but who knows i would say that 40 or 50 years from now, it'll be very interesting to see where baseball actually stands versus now, baseball now, which is extremely healthy. And if I were anyone in baseball, would not be remotely interested in trying to overtake the NFL. Because for one thing, the main thing, the NFL is a clown car <laughs> and seems like it's set to drive itself off a cliff. So in one sense, you just want to let that happen. 
But in another sense, it's it's the most base sport, and it's only once a week, so it has like a natural thing that makes it like a tick more superior in terms of having a bigger tent of people. Um, but the other part of it is it's appealing to a bunch of people you'll never reach. Yeah. So there's those there's those two things that I'm always thinking like, well, don't try to play in their pool. In that sense, you got your own deal. Do that. All right. What's the next question? Next question is from Steve Spenson, friend of the Croncast. When Stubbs is the next outfielder to fail, who is the most likely call up between Williamson, Morse, or Secret Option Three? I think both Williamson and Morse are getting called up pretty much no matter what, uh, and they're just going to. I can't them. see. St- yeah, I can't see Stubbs crashing and burning to the extent that they cut him. I'm knocking on wood. I'm only saying that because I'm saying... So I guess Stubbs comes up, so they have Gorky's and Stubbs and Marrero. Now the question is postulating that Stubbs flames out. And so now the Giants have to move to plans F and G, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So F and G. And so I think you, between Stubbs, Marrero, and Hernandez... And you've got two other people to bring up. You're just knocking Marrero and Hernandez out. Yeah, exactly. And Stubbs now just moves to five on that list. He moves to the bottom of that list. And the other two guys go for the other two spots. Yeah, and and Stubbs is a center fielder and the other two aren't. So it's not the same spot they're going for on the roster. Although I wonder as Stubbs gets older if if he sort of ages out. Of playing center field. I mean, he might. He's been playing center field in Sacramento this year, so I mean, I think it's pretty clear that that's a big part of why they signed him. Um, up, Upton yeah. too, even though he's he's now hurt. And yeah, but Upton got moved to the corners, and in Toronto anyway. But I guess that's because they have. Um, yeah. Who's that? Pilar. Pilar. I think it's Pilar. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I think that the Giants would be much happier with a decent Stubbs who's better than Hernandez and having Michael Morse, who's better than Marrero and then Williamson, who theoretically is supposed to be better than, than either of them. (laughs) Theoretically. Theoretically. We've seen how these plans go this year. That's right. Uh, Anything else? Uh, Cal at not really Calvin asked, are the giants leaving Christian Arroyo in triple a just so we can have the greatest minor league season ever. That would be quite the feather in his cap. (laughs) It would be the quickest way for him to never be called up either. Yeah. Like, what, what are we supposed to mess with the greatest triple A season ever? Whoa. No, they would no have next season because the Giants would go success in triple A means nothing to us. <laughs> <laughs> Do that in the Cape Cod League and you're not even playing in the minors. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's possible, right? I mean, the whole... That between the Giants wanting to give their veterans a chance to turn things around and them not really having a spot for him. Like, a lot of things have to go bad for them to finally relent in that situation. Don't you agree? Because if Nunez gets moved, Gillespie is third baseman. I would say Arroyo would start over. If, like, if they decide it's time to ring up Arroyo, he would start over Gillespie, I think. Like, if that's the decision right. they make, then Gillespie still has his role, and they're get, putting Arroyo in a position to succeed. Because that is, you know, 
Belt's weird treatment in 2011 aside, that is generally how they treat their prospects is they sort of say, well, you know, if you're a good prospect and you've proven yourself, we're, we make the room for you, then it's your room for a week and a half. You better impress us. <laughs> right. Well, okay. So let me ask you this. Then. You don't see, you know, Eduardo Nunez is not a left fielder, but neither is Michael Morse. <laughs> and I guess if the situation is, I mean, is it Eduardo Nunez's OPS is under 700 now. And which tells you everything because his batting average is whatever. <laughs> but if, if Nunez is not a, he, I mean, he's a good defensive third baseman, but you're not getting a lot of him out of him offensively. You know, you are losing pretty much all of his value by moving him to left field. However, what are you gain? How much are you gaining defensively with him there? I guess my question is, is there a permutation where it's Nunez in left, Stubbs in center, Pence in right? I guess we're defaulting to Pence, but I really think that's. I mean, he had a freak injury the other night. There's no question about it. He slipped on wet grass, which is unfortunate. It wasn't like he was diving for a ball or or had his hamstring injuries like he's been having issues like he's been having the last couple of years. So I'll leave him there for now. But I mean, Nunez, Stubbs, Pence, and then. Arroyo, Crawford, Panic, and and Belt. I mean, that... I mean, it's not it's not impossible. Um, but all, I mean, also, if Nunez does continue to struggle, then they could just they could call up Arroyo and then figure out what to do with him. Um, I think that I mean, I think Nunez is a better player than what he's been over the last week or two. Uh, I think that the Giants think he's a better player than that, so it'll be a while. But yeah, it's. If Arroyo comes up, it's as a starter. Uh, and this team, you know, and the other thing is if the team needs a spark, like if this keeps going, if the team keeps going like this for a while longer, they're going to say, well, we had to do something. And that's the best thing to do. Right. And and Arroyo keeps hitting 450 in AAA. Well, he's probably not going to keep doing that. So, but if they yeah, brought him up, yeah. but if they brought him up tomorrow or today, it's not going to, you know that it's just as likely to come to an end in his hot streak then, just by facing major league pitching. So that's kind of irrelevant. But I mean, I just saying generally, like it's great that he's off to a hot start because now the eyes are on him. That maybe some wouldn't have been, but it's not like the Giants. I think the Giants are hoping that he's that he forces them into this position this year, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole oh, thing yeah. about Nunez and. And all that stuff and Gillespie was like, we need a bridge to Arroyo. And and they don't know how long how much longer it's gonna take. But I mean, I think Nunez has another year of arbitration before he's a free agent. I thought he was a free agent. Okay, after well this. in any case, I mean either way, yeah. I mean the Giants are more than happy to let him walk if Arroyo can come and claim it. Um uh, is that our, was that our last question? Uh, well, there's one other, but okay. we're not going to have a good answer for it. Oh, uh, well, this is for, let's, put, but, let's stick a pin in it for just a second. I just want to finish this thought about the schedule. You're totally right. We need to do something. It's definitely a line the Giants will use. They're definitely going to use that they get uh, seven. Hold on. <laughs> Out of their next ten games, they play the Dodgers seven times. So they're definitely going to be using that, which, holy shit, Doug. <laughs> uh, the next 10 games on the Giants schedule, seven of those are the Dodgers, four at AT&T, three in L.A. 
Then they go to Cincinnati and go to the Mets, which Cincinnati has always been a tough place for them, or at least of late has been, except in the playoffs. But in any case, if seven of the next ten games against the Dodgers, the Giants are definitely going to be using that as like, well, we always get up to play the Dodgers. So that'll wake up these guys and get them fired up. If this doesn't get them fired up and they go 1-6 or 0-7 against the Dodgers, let's say, or just they they have an, they go two and eight over these next ten games. I'm I'm pretty sure that's gonna fall very much into the okay. We gotta do something category. Yeah. yeah, I think so. All right, what's this next question? So last question, and again, apologies that we're not gonna do a good job with this one from Nick Rogers at Rick Nodgers. So what are the top MLB draft prospects the Giants should be looking at since they're not going to win again this year? <laughs> Nick, we have no idea. Yeah, it's too early. It's, um, it's a little too early for all the prospects to sort themselves out. We know for sure the Giants are not going to be able to sign the top Cuban prospect, whose name I forget because I didn't even bother to learn it or memorize <laughs> it once the, it was clear the Giants couldn't sign him because they're over all their bonus stuff and can't afford to sign any of these big international guys. So they're not getting him. It's like Luis something. I can't remember. Uh Beyond that, I don't know. We're, we'll have Roger Munter on at some point, and he can he can give us the lay of the land. But I think we should probably fall into the idea of the Giants tend to not go with the obvious choices. And so to me, it seems like with the Giants and drafting, it's always down to we don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> we have, nobody actually knows other than the Giants right. who they're likely to take. Right. And, and we, since we can't have the San Francisco Giants on as a guest on the podcast on the podcast. We're probably not going to find out. That's right. And they wouldn't tell us even if they did come on. No, and we'd probably spend the whole time being like, hey, better. Here's what we know for sure, Doug. The top, this year's draft will be outfield heavy, power hitter heavy, and the Giants will pick with their first three. Three of their first five picks will all be pitchers. Yeah. That's what, that's what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then there will be people who defend every decision the Giants make as saying, well, those outfielders are not going to contribute right away anyway. <laughs> Pitchers take less time to get to the major leagues. So, and when your organization hasn't done a great job with developing power hitters, you're going to shy away from getting power hitters. That's also another standard phrase used. So, But it would be nice if the Giants had some hitters on their team who could actually hit home runs, since every other team seems to have at least one or two. Alas, we are not so lucky. We are Um, not. No. Well, thank you. Every week we ask for the questions, and you you guys always step up. We appreciate it. You can send them even when we're not asking for them, and some of you do, and it's great. Uh, At Mick Croncast is our Twitter. You can also put them in the bottom of the comments, the comments section of the posts, which nobody reads, which is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's also another way. You can also tweet at me at every sixth day. And Doug's on Twitter, too. I am at Moonwalk McFly. And uh, we will be back next week. Maybe the Giants won't be. But uh, <laughs> we'll be Even back. if the Giants go 0-7, we'll be <laughs> back to complain about it. <laughs> That's right. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see how all those Rule 5 players on the Padres do against <laughs> the Giants. And, man, they're already playing the Padres again. Uh, but anyway, big week for the Giants. I would say it's the last good week to really... If they do well this week, there's there's some faint, you know, they're in a coma. They're only in a coma. But if nothing happens this week, they're dead. 
That's my thought. That's my sign-off thought, Doug. Do you have a sign-off, a, a final thought? Maybe they were dead the whole time. <laughs> Classic Brazoni. All right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs>